Welcome to the Debbie Big Board, part of the Rookie Big Board Network. I'm your host, Skip Newton, and joining me is my co-host, Matt Cooper. Matt, it is preseason football time in the NFL, and it's time to overreact to everything we see because apparently all of the rookie quarterbacks are terrible. <laughs> oh, man. It did. It, I mean, it was something that Stroud started it off terrible, right? right? Like, I mean, not, it wasn't all on him because the offensive line. I mean, he got sacked twice, was running for his life. And then threw a pretty bad interception. And then I guess Anthony Richardson also threw a pick on his first drive. I wasn't watching it, but uh, Bryce Young had like 21 yards. I actually did watch that game because I'm a Panthers fan. And he actually looked poised. He looked good to me. He was going through progressions. But that receiver room is going to be a problem. Like nobody was getting open for him. The offense looked like it's just going to be atrocious. But Bryce Young himself didn't look bad. I mean, he didn't make any bad decisions or bad throws or anything like that. He just, just the offense didn't get anything going while he was out there. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's preseason. Man, it's it's got to be tough for these guys. It's their first time in the NFL. They really don't know exactly what to expect. And right, it's it's going to be ugly. Usually, this time of year, the defenses are ahead of the offenses anyway. So I, yeah. I think and we knew, I mean, we knew relax. with Stroud and Young that the supporting cast is not quite there. So you're going to have to be patient with those guys, but. Yep. And Deuce Vaughn and, and Nathaniel Tank Dell are the, the two best rookies in the class. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here, here's the thing. I'll give my little mini soapbox on this. When you're watching preseason, there are a couple things that are worth paying attention to and it's not box scores. Uh, so if you watch the games and you've studied them in college and you know their strengths and weaknesses as prospects, it is worth paying attention to which of their strengths seem like they're already translating to an NFL field. And if there's any improvement that you can tangibly notice in some of their areas of weakness. For example, everybody made a whole big deal out of Quentin Johnston's drop. And, you know, would we have brought it up? I actually, so I was watching uh, the Saints Chiefs preseason game and Chris Olave had a drop and nobody said a word about it. Why? Because Chris Olave does not have a history of drops. He does not have a chronic technique issue that people have noticed in his game. If you look at the drop that Quentin Johnston had, he was trying to basket catch it and he did not go up and high point it in traffic and he didn't track the ball well down the field. So these are all like noted technique things that are all over his college tape. And so it's worth paying attention and saying, okay, there were some highlight reel clips coming out of training camp of him high-pointing the ball. That was good in no pads. Here we are on a field against other NFL players at full speed with pads on, and the habit's not quite fixed yet. All right, so the, those are the kinds of things that are worth paying attention to. Um, and then the other thing that's probably worth paying attention to is like, I see people really breaking down the snaps of like, okay, the starters were in for 12 snaps and he ran nine routes. And, you know, there are some little underlying things like that. If you're paying enough attention, you can make some educated guesses about who's the starter at this point and who's going to be on the field a lot at this point, what their usage might be. So those are some of the things worth paying attention to. Um, and so 
Tank Dell actually did look really good. A lot of what I saw that I liked on tape in college translated. He cooked a guy off press release, got open, scored a touchdown, and you've seen the highlight a million times. Deuce Vaughn had some really nice twitchiness and elusiveness on his college tape. He showed that in his preseason game. So um, it, it's worth paying attention to some of that stuff. But seeing that a guy – you know, had six catches for 74 yards and a touchdown in a preseason game. Like, I don't care about that. I want to actually watch and see what I can observe that that translates. So, anyway, that was yeah, that, probably too much of a soapbox. But Well, I just love the fact that I said Deuce Vaughn and Tank Dell, and you said you were getting on a mini soapbox. <laughs> well, well played. Hey. Intended, but that, was, that was awesome. Nice <laughs> All I didn't right, everyone. Purpose, by the way. I'm yeah. We are going to finish our mock draft that includes the 2022 and 2023 rookie classes, as well as all Debbie prospects. But before we get into that, I want to talk about the ridiculous value of being a rookie big board patron. Rookie big board patrons have access to the dynasty plus Debbie big board and consensus crew rankings, the 2024 rookie big board, 2023 seasonal projections and full access to the RBB discord. You can join our growing community at patreon.com slash rookie big board for just $5 a month or save 15% with an annual subscription. That is cheaper than the Thai dinner that is waiting for me as soon as Matt and I are done recording this podcast tonight. All right. You can now also try the rookie big board for free. Click the link in the episode description to join the free version of our Discord. Get trade help, roster advice, and chop it up with our community of over 250 fantasy football sickos. Quick recap of the first three rounds in the three previous Debbie Big Board podcasts. Just five quarterbacks, even though it's Superflex, two were Debbie. 12 running backs, including five Debbie, 16 wide receivers, four Debbie, and only three tight ends with just one Debbie. I don't think that's any surprise there. So we're going to jump right into the fourth and final round. Matt, you're going to start it off, and we're going to have a conversation about this pick. Yeah, and I will say just looking at that recap, uh, the five quarterbacks, I think it just shows there's a huge need in the NFL for incoming quarterback talent, but last year's class really had nothing. I mean, you just got – Kenny Pickett, and that's basically it. And that's who I took. Um, and so, yeah, I think at this point, this was a gross pick. Um, he did not look very good last year as a rookie. And it's questionable how much upside there is. I mean, he's not much of a runner. He's not got the best arm talent. But he's a he's a quarterback with first round draft capital and we're here in round four and it's a super flex league and you can plug him in your starting lineup he's a very good i think qb3 on a super flex team you don't want to have to rely on starting him every week but i think you can plug him in if a starter gets hurt and feel pretty decent about it and he has upside to potentially improve on last year he's got a really good set of weapons with George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryermuth. Um, I don't think Darnell Washington is going to be much for fantasy, but he can help that offense. Najee Harris is a, is a better player probably than he's given credit for. So there's, there's a lot of talent around him. They've done a lot to revamp that offensive line for him this off season. And you get another year of development. So I think 
Um, there's potential there for him to, um, I think his ceiling is like a Kirk Cousins type uh, or a Jared Goff type where he's never going to be a high-end fantasy starter, but he's going to be that really reliable QB2 for years and years and years. That's like the ceiling. The floor is he stinks and he's out of a job within a couple of years. But I think he has that Kirk Cousins-esque uh, upside to just settle in as a as a guy who has a starting job in the NFL every year, and and that means he's a guy you can start in your fantasy lineup. So, yeah, the the upside for sure is the talent around him and the the opportunity. And you know, first year quarterbacks they suffer and they don't do well and they struggle, and that just happens. So I think people. You know, if you, if you got him, be patient. You don't want to. You don't want to trade him now, probably, because you're not going to get very good value. But yeah, yeah, it's it was not a, a good start. Seven touchdowns and at least double digit or more played games there. I'm going to go with a Debbie quarterback, Drew Allar at Penn State, and I'm picking him because he he's got the talent. He's got the the high highly rated you know recruiting rankings coming in. He's got a great opportunity there, and I think he's one of those guys that, you know, maybe people are still questioning whether or not he's going to develop. I, I think, I think he really can. I think his value could shoot up in this season. He's not eligible until 2025. So I, I'm going with Drew Allar here. Yeah. And I think obviously the things that you mentioned, it's a good pick, like just based off of upside and pedigree and and his talent as a player, because he is a talented player. Um, just because he didn't start as a true freshman doesn't mean that he's not a talented player. Although Sean Clifford stinks and maybe there's the question of, well, if he can't beat out Sean Clifford, is he really that good? Uh, but I just don't think coaches are typically that quick to get rid of the incumbent senior guy who's been around for years. And I don't know how, but somehow Sean Clifford managed to get drafted. So (laughs) anyway, Solid pick there with Drew Alar. Um, probably my biggest concern with him is that they have no pass catching weapons at Penn State right now. But um, I took at the four or three. I took James Cook, and this was a guy that uh, I felt pretty good about here. Again, we're in the fourth round, looking for some upside. He got really good draft capital last year, and. Singletary has moved on. Obviously, they brought in Damian Harris, but he's on a pretty cheap contract. And a lot of really positive reports out of camp that James Cook has looked good, that they want to give him uh, a three-down roll. And so there's plenty of upside there if he actually – if his touch count goes up from last year significantly, which I think it can, has room to. Uh, he's a talented guy. He was efficient with his touches. He's explosive. He can make big plays. Obviously, the PPR upside is there. He's an excellent pass catching back. So, um, yeah, there's there's an opportunity, depending on how this year goes, for him to rise significantly in value and be a guy that is young and you feel good about putting him in your lineup, which there aren't too many running backs that fit both of those boxes. So, yeah, went with James Cook here. Yeah, it- everyone else is, is higher on his fantasy ceiling than I am. I, I'm just, I can't get behind a guy that's 190 pounds. And I think people get excited because he's on Buffalo and that's a great offense, but man, I I think Damian Harris is going to get a lot of work 
And I, that concerns me. I mean, we know he's explosive. Um, we know James Cook is explosive, but man, 190 pounds is awfully small yeah. for a running back. And that yeah. I, I and just you could say the same thing about a chain who I took earlier and, and others as well. But I, I honestly think, um, I think there's a shift happening in the NFL, right? Where the true bell cows are kind of going extinct. The NFL is not valuing them. And almost every team is in a committee. And which guy do you want in the committee? You want the guy that can catch passes. I think yeah, Christian there's, there's McCaffrey two, has kind of right, paved the way. From, like what type of running back does the NFL value enough to actually give a second contract to? It's it's the guy that's a playmaker that can be used all over the field, that can slide out as a wide receiver. So Christian McCaffrey has kind of paved the way for these guys. And so I, th- I think you're seeing a new mold coming into the league with guys like Gibbs and Cooks and A-Chain. And uh, some of that old, you got to be 210 plus kind of way of thinking in a few years, it may be out the window. It may just be all these PPR guys that we want. So anyway, I don't know. I'm willing to throw a dart on it here with James. Yeah, I, 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 my guess that I'm worried is he's not going to get the pass volume. I don't know if Josh Allen is a dump it off to the running back kind of, kind of quarterback. Yeah, we'll that's see. a fair that, concern. That's, that, a really that's, fair that's concern. my concern. I, I know he can be a good pass catcher. And the other kind of running back, of course, you want is the, is the goal line guy. Is, right. Man, look at, look at guys like Jamal Williams last year. I mean, just getting the goal line touches on a good offense and all of a sudden he's fantasy relevant. All right. We've, we've talked about cook enough. I'm going to go on to a guy where you can rip me this time. And that's <laughs> wide receiver Marvin Mims at Denver. I know we talked about this at a previous podcast, but I, I still think this guy has a, has a really high ceiling and it might not be this year because he's got Sutton, he's got Judy, but I don't know if those two guys are going to be on this team for a long time. I love the fact that Sean Payton traded up to get him. And that was their first pick. I, I believe I, I'm right on that. My, if memory serves, and that is something that, that just, it keeps telling me the end that this team really likes him and they want him, you know, to be a part of that offense. And so I'm, I was high on Marvin Mims coming out of college and and I think he, he fell about where I expect, you know, he didn't get in the first round. I didn't expect that, but I didn't expect him to fall far either. And so, you know, everything kind of seems to be lining up for, for Marvin Mims to be successful. So I'm, I'm doubling down on him. All right. Yeah. We've talked about that before, so I'm not going to beat a dead horse. Uh, you know, he's not one of my guys. I just think he's just okay. at A lot of things, a little undersized. I just don't see a whole lot of, special traits there and and then when you add in that he's like the fourth target getter in the league's worst offense it's just not something that i'm super excited about but it is dynasty and so you're right like long term uh he's not always necessarily going to be that fourth target earner so um if you like him i think this is a fine place to go get him he's just not one of my guys um i took quinn ewers who is also not one of my guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I think that's probably true for both of us, which is why he fell this far. And, you know, at some point you just got to take the guy. And, and so um, there is upside here. I mean, he's still very much in the conversation to finish in the top three in this quarterback class behind May and Caleb Williams. He's got the five-star pedigree. He's got all the talent in the world around him at Texas with, Jonte Cook and Xavier Worthy and Jatavian Sanders and, and the running back room. He's he's set up for success. 
And uh, it's not like, I mean, last year was his first year starting and there was an injury. And so there, there were some factors that you could think maybe uh, he has a chance to improve and pull it together this year and, and things really start clicking. I am concerned that he didn't have uh, elite production last year in a conference that's not known for defense at all. Um, he struggled. Uh, there were some mechanical issues that just didn't look good. He was inaccurate. And, and so I want to see a lot of improvement from him this year, but I think the upside on him in a super flex league here in the middle of the fourth round is, is fine to throw. There's nobody else that I'm like super thrilled to take. So, yeah, I, I hear you. Cause I'm, I'm a little worried about him as well. Um, I, I haven't won league and I'm, I'm throwing them on the, the trade block. See if I can get any decent offers. The, the answer is absolutely not. I'm getting just <laughs> horrid offers. Like, come on guys, this, this one dude in particular, it's like just offering me <laughs> junk. It's like, don't, don't even bother clicking the buttons there. I mean, name yeah, him. No, he kidding. is a, he is a, uh, a guy that needs to step up. Quinn Ewers does, and he needs to put, a really a full season together because it's been a long time for him. I mean, he, he skipped his senior year in high school. He, you know, first year in college didn't play was injured. I mean, it's, it's been since mm-hmm. maybe even his sophomore year. Cause I think he got hurt his junior year in high school. So it, it's been since his sophomore year in high school, since he's played a full season. And that's what all the, the film was where he was fantastic. I remember hearing that um, shout out to, to Brandon on, you know, Debbie, Debbie, the dynasty podcast. And they're absolutely right. It's, it's a concern. So Right. Quinn Ewers has me nervous. Um, I'm going to go with a guy that does not make me nervous at 406 because I love this wide receiver. He yeah. is my wide receiver one in 2026 as we break through to that Debbie class. And at Zachariah Branch, USC, I, I think this guy has got stud written all over him. I'm trying to gobble him up in every Debbie and campus to Canton league that I possibly can. I just, he's being compared to Tyreek Hill as far as his skill set and his attributes and what he does when the ball is in his hands. And and if that's the case, I'm all in. I I love the guy. Yeah. I think he's a great player too. And and that's a good pick here. It's kind of like the unknowns, like of having to wait on this freshman class, 2026, like in Debbie, they're not scoring you any points till they hit your NFL roster. And so, um, I think if you're just going on pure talent and who you feel better about and who's less likely to bust, you probably take branch over a guy like yours. Um, but just, it's really, it's the positional scarcity and the fact that you get them this year uh, instead of in three draft classes is probably the only reason I would even consider taking a guy like yours over a guy like branch. And honestly, as soon as you made that pick, I was like, dang it. I like his pick better than mine. So, um, <laughs> but here at four Oh seven, I took Michael Mayer. Uh, you know, he has fallen obviously for years and years and years. He was considered the, the locked in tight end one of this class. And here we are drafting him as the tight end three, almost a, a full round, actually more than a full round after Kincaid and uh, Laporta. So this is probably a value pick. Honestly, like he got the same draft capital that those guys got. He's, got a clear path to being the tight end one from day one in Las Vegas. He's even got a path to being the second target earner behind Devontae Adams because there's not honestly a whole lot else there. Uh, So I think he's maybe being slept on a little bit, uh, but 
probably the main concern with him is he's just slow and lumbering. And while he's going to be a really good NFL tight end, I don't know how good he's going to be for fantasy, how many wide receiver routes he's going to be running versus how much he's going to be asked to block and that type of thing. So I get why he fell. uh, But when you, when you consider where he's going here in relation to those other two guys, uh, I think that's pretty good value uh, in a tight end premium league. Yeah, I, I do like the value. And, and I'll be honest, I've, I've tried to really pay attention to, you know, camp buzz and information, you know, kind of how are, how are, you know, these, these new prospects doing it as rookies, especially the rookies. Those are the ones that I really pay attention to. I don't think I've heard anything about mayor at all. Me neither. Honestly, I have not heard him mentioned negatively or positively. It's, it's like, okay, nothing out of, <laughs> of Las Vegas. And that doesn't mean anything bad. It's just kind of weird. It's like, Hmm, you would have thought you'd heard something. We will, uh, we will discuss the rest of round four in just a minute. But first, I want to make sure that you know that the Rookie Big Board is now partnered with Underdog Fantasy Football. This is the best app for fantasy contests. You can join drafts for just $3 and gain a real understanding of seasonal ADP trends. It's like mock drafting, but with something on the line. The entire RBB crew is drafting an underdog daily. You can join us by using the promo code RBB. It will get a 100% match on your first deposit and help us grow. All right, with the next pick at 408, I am going with Tank the Frank Bigsby, one of my favorite running back prospects. You know, back when he was a incoming freshman and loved what he did in college, and love the buzz that I'm hearing in Jacksonville looked mm-hmm. good against against Dallas. So that's nice to see. And I I still think there's a real chance that this this running back thing in Jacksonville is gonna end up being more of a of a 50-50 split than than the ETN people are gonna want to hear or mm-hmm. see. And I have ETN in a league that I'm hoping to be competitive in. So it, it does make me a little nervous, but man, they they did take him what I think third round. And again, the, the coaches are saying positive things. And that tells me he's, he's not going to be sitting behind ETN, you know, a lot. It's going to be a, a pretty, pretty shared backfield. Like you said earlier, and I think you're right. More and more teams are going to that kind of approach at running back and it, it's mm-hmm. going to happen here and he can catch the ball. So I think he's going to get plenty of opportunity. Yeah, and he's more likely to be the short yardage guy, I think, over ETN and, and get the goal line work. I love the pick. I love the player. love the talent. Uh, for me, he's in the same tier uh, in terms of this rookie draft class as Charbonnet and A-Chain. And here you are again taking him a full round later. So similar to the mayor pick, I think that's a good value here at this point. I went at the 409 with Dante Moore. I know that we both love Dante Moore, mm-hmm. and uh, so you may have been a little salty when I made yes, this I pick. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think he's a, I think he's got a bright future. I, I think he's got a really quick release. He's a quick decision maker. He's got a lot of the intangibles that you look for at the quarterback position of just poise and the clutch gene and just leadership. So this is someone that. I'm pretty bullish on he's my QB one. Obviously I could have taken Malachi Nelson here if I was looking for a 2026 quarterback and he would be a lot of people's QB one, but not me. I'm a Dante Moore guy and I think he's got a chance to start right away. And I'm, I'm just excited about his future as a player. So took Dante Moore here. I I love it. Yeah. I put, put on the notes. You you sniped me on that one. Love Dante Moore. And he is, he is my QB one in the class. I think he's got all the intangibles. 
So since you took that guy at 409, I will take another quarterback in the class that I love, and that's Malachi Nelson, uh, not going to play this year, assuming all things go as planned. But that's okay. He's eligible in 2026. Again, incoming freshman at USC. He's you know got all the tools, and he can make make things happen. He's a dynamic player. And I'm, I'm, I'm okay and comfortable with him sitting for a season. I think there's no problem with that. He's going to you know, step in for Caleb Williams after this year. So really love what they're doing in USC. And I like Malachi Nelson's talent and, and the location. I think he's just going to be set up for success. So this, this was a pretty quick pick for me uh, at two ten. I'm sorry, at four ten. Yeah. And at four eleven, I took Branson Robinson which uh, is a little bit, you know, sight unseen. We just haven't seen much of him yet. And and that's normal. Georgia backs, it's kind of known that they wait their turn and, and they always have a lot of running backs and they always use rotation. And so he waited his turn as a freshman. And now he's in there. I think he's got to be considered the top guy in that backfield. Even if they give a little bit of seniority to Kendall Milton, that guy's always hurt. He's already hurt. Um, I, I just don't have a whole lot of faith in him anymore as a player. And so I think this year, Branson Robinson is really going to take over as the leader of that backfield. He's got everything that you want. I loved him as a recruit. He's, he plays bully ball. He's got that prototypical size. He knows how to use it. But at the same time, he's got really nice movement skills for a guy that big. He can cut. He's got acceleration. Uh, I think he's got potential as a pass catcher. And so, I think this is a pretty high upside pick here at this point in the draft and uh, really excited to see how things pan out for him this year at Georgia. And they've got great pedigree too, in terms of churning out NFL running backs. So he'll, he'll have a national spotlight for, for scouts. He's got pedigree that NFL scouts respect Georgia backs consistently get drafted and we've seen a number of them be really productive in the NFL. So I, I like this pick here at four eleven. I do too. I think this was a, a really good pick. You know, I've got, you know, we talked about the four guys that we have in tier one at, at running back and Debbie, you know, Henderson, Singleton, Sanders, Judkins. And then the next tier, you know, we, we discussed Braylon Allen before I've got him in this in tier two, Branson Robinson is in tier two for me as well. So it's a, it's yeah. a nice spot for him. The other guy I have in tier two is the final pick in round four at four twelve, and that's Cedric Baxter Jr. going to Texas again, twenty twenty six eligible. He is, you know, five star prospect, the the number one rated running back in the class. Already has a laser timed four dot five forty, which is really fast for a high school kid. You know, one cut and and go type runner. He's got a nice burst. He's not going to get arm tackled very often, if if ever. He's got speed to make big plays got some ability to, to make guys miss. And I, I thought too, you know, looking at film that he showed some vision and some patience in his, his running, which is a nice thing to see at, at a young age. So it tells me that he's a, he's a pretty mature runner as far as how he approaches, you know, setting up, you know, tacklers and, and reading the holes, you know, reading the, the blocks and such thing, you know, those fine, finer points of the the position when running the football and not just relying solely on athletic ability, which he has plenty of. So yeah, I, I mm-hmm. like Cedric Baxter Jr. And I'm a little, a little disappointed that just the way drafts fell, I didn't end up with any shares of him yet, but yeah, I've got someday. a few and I'm pretty excited about it. I mean, the, even the track record of and RB1 in his recruiting class is pretty pretty good. Most years, 
whoever the RB one is in their freshman recruiting class typically ends up being a really good college player and a really good Debbie asset. So, um, you know, you study each player individually, you don't just go off of those trends, but that that's a pretty good, it helps you feel better about your pick. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it helps, helps maintain his value as well, especially because I, I do expect him to get some time this season, but he might not be the the main guy, but he's, he's going to see the field for sure. In, in my thought and estimation, just based on everything we've heard, Quick recap here of round four. We've got Pickett at 401, Drew Allard, James Cook, Marvin Mims, wide receiver Denver, then Quinn Ewers, Zechariah Branch, Michael Mayer, and Tank the Frank Bigsby. And then finishing up the last four picks, Dante Moore, Malachi Nelson, Branson Robinson, and Cedric Baxter Jr. That does it for our four-round mock. Skip, I'm going to put you on the spot. Do we want to talk about some honorable mentions that didn't get taken in our four round thing here. Do you have a guy or two in mind? Cause I can well, probably come up with one or two guys. I was thinking that people might be wondering about Condre Miller, Kendra Miller, however you say that. And, um, and Tajay Spears. Cause a lot of people might say, well, Hey, if they belong in the same tier with tank Bigsby and I wouldn't put up too much of an argument there. I think, you know, if we went another couple picks, you probably pretty easily would have seen those guys go. And they looked, you know, Tajay looked really good in his preseason game. Kendra, I'm starting to get worried because he just keeps re-injuring those knees, and that makes me nervous. They've got a crowded backfield there. So I'm probably a little higher on Tajay than I am Kendra at this point in the process, but um, just wanted to, to throw those names in because I don't think they're that far off from the rookie running backs that we did draft. Yeah, they, they could definitely get an opportunity. I know the injury reports on Spears coming into the, the season made me really nervous, so I, I tended to shy away from him. I think I think some other guys, people might be wondering, where the heck is Luther Burden? We've talked about him yeah. in previous episodes, and we're concerned about some things that we saw last season in college, and that's the reason why you know I kept fading him in this mock but some mm-hmm. some wide receivers that that would have come up, you know, with another round, you know, Antonio Williams at Clemson is a guy that I like. Barry and Brown at Kentucky, yep. for sure. I think his value is going to go up. Xavier Worthy at Texas, people seem a little more down on him, but I think I think he has a chance to be a good player. And then the two other freshmen coming in, of course, going to Ohio State, Carnell Tate. And Brandon Innes are, are other guys, and then Jonte mm-hmm. Cook at Jonte Texas Cook as well. As well. I mean, the wide yeah. receiver class is awesome. So yeah, yeah those Ted are McMillan. Some... I'd throw Ted McMillan in there too. So there's Ooh, a lot yes. of good wide receivers that are kind of in that next tier that um, I'm excited about that just didn't quite make it into this draft. And so. honestly, Tr- Troy Franklin at Oregon could be a first round pick next year, coming from mm-hmm. your now your guy getting passes from Bo Nix. We know you and Dwight now, and and, and Matt now. <laughs> oh my on, gosh. On board, Matt Hicks is all about Bo Nix. So another big-bodied guy in this class that could end up being a first-round pick is uh, Romo Dunze, which oh yes, people, you know. So he didn't. We didn't take him either. So there's, you know, just because somebody didn't get taken in this draft doesn't mean that we don't like them. This is only four rounds, and you're combining two NFL draft classes plus every Debbie player. So some guys got pushed down the board, but that doesn't mean we don't like them. So yep. wanted to yeah, throw we'll- some of those names out there for our listeners. Absolutely. And we'll be talking about 
those players for sure in the weeks to come because next week starts our week one preview. Finally, we get to talk about games that are coming up. It's only a week and a half away. So we will talk about some upcoming players that we want to watch. We will talk about risers and fallers. And then of course, after week one, we will add in a, you know, week one review and that'll get into our kind of regular schedule as far as, the college football season. I know we're both looking forward to it. Absolutely. It's that time of the year. Football is starting back. It feels good. In, it's indeed. Good. We are, we are getting soon, there. We're going to be hearing those jingles on the commercial that just, just get you amped up. Uh, yes. Yes. I love it. Oh, and then <laughs> the voices, like our favorite, our favorite play by play voices. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. Ah, good times. It's coming. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you have not already, do us a favor and leave a five-star review on whichever podcast app you are using. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss any of the RBB action. We'll be back next week to preview week one. Enjoy the weekend of preseason football. For Matt, I am Skip. Have an awesome weekend, everyone. Take care.